You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 123, Cringy Staffing. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my lovely nurses. We've got a hot topic today that we're gonna discuss. And I think this is something that is always relevant in nursing, or at least for as long as I've been a nurse, it's a topic that I've seen consistently come up. But right now, with what's going on in the world, It is more present in my life than ever. I feel like I'm constantly hearing about this from news sources, news articles, on my social media, at work. It's just something that I'm seeing more and more discussion about. And that is cringy staffing. So what really got me thinking about this more than ever is right now, with the Delta variant of COVID, there are an increased number of COVID cases. So we saw kind of a dip and now things are going back up. And especially where I live in Southern Oregon, we're experiencing a much higher volume of COVID cases than we did back before the vaccine. Because I live in kind of a smaller town. It's not like tiny or anything, but we didn't have a lot of COVID at that time. And then we also have a pretty low vaccination rate. And so the Delta variant has come on strong there. So at my hospital and all the hospitals in the area, we are technically in surge mode right now because we've got these high number of cases and staffing is a bit lower than it usually is. And so in order to help us, the National Guard is actually going to be coming to help us care for our patients. I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing yet. They're not there yet, but they're going to be coming and helping us out as we go through this surge. Now, you might not be in that exact situation, but you might be feeling like staffing at your facility is pretty short. So right now, if you're listening to this during COVID times, then that's pretty common right now. But even if you're listening to this down the road, way after COVID is over, because I know podcasts kind of live on forever, if you're listening to this way later, my guess is that staffing is still an issue from time to time. If it's not, that's amazing. Hallelujah. But my guess is that it's still something that might be a challenge. So whether or not you're listening to this during COVID, there's still going to be so much in this episode that you can take away from it and apply to what's going on for you. And I'm actually going to be teaching you some of my favorite tools in this episode that are going to help you in this situation and in so many other situations in your life. So I'm excited to dive in and talk to you guys about cringy staffing. So let me tell you why I titled this podcast episode Cringy Staffing. So I recently wrote a Make Your Monday, which is my weekly email newsletter, and I came up with this term or phrase, pre-pain cringe. So in my Make Your Monday, I'm not going to read it to you right now. If you're not on my Make Your Monday email list, you should go get on that at thrivingnurse.com so you can actually read those emails yourself. 
But in that email, I told about brushing my daughter's hair, of all things. And what happened was, and this happens all the time, but this one particular moment, it stood out to me. So I was going to brush my daughter's hair, Evelyn. She's three and a half years old, almost four, four in November, craziness. But I was going to brush her hair. And before the brush even made contact with her head, she did this big cringe and started to kind of complain and moan about how it was going to hurt so bad for the brush to go through her tangled wet hair. And I found it so interesting because I was like, the brush hasn't even touched her yet, but she's already acting like she's in so much pain. So I want to ask you guys, do you ever do the pre-pain cringe? You are expecting something to come up in your life that's kind of uncomfortable. And so as you're anticipating this pain, you start to cringe. So it could be physically, like with my daughter, right? Thinking about the brush pulling through her hair. But I think more often what we're doing is this internal emotional pre-pain cringe. So that's what I found myself doing as I first heard about going into surge mode and all that that entailed. Because I actually heard it first from my husband because we work at the same hospital on the same unit. So he had worked and came home from his night shift and actually called me because I was out of town, but told me about what was going on. And so as soon as he started to tell me this, I felt myself tighten up. It was like I was bracing myself for this expected blow. And my mind started to go wild with questions and with concerns and images of absolute chaos. So I felt that pre-pain cringe, but I want you guys to know that I was able to work through it pretty quickly. And that's because of the tools I'm going to share with you today. So like I said, you can use these tools for any number of things in your life. Anytime you're doing the pre-pain cringe, it could be about anything. It could be about staffing, but it could be maybe you're starting to feel some discomfort ahead of time because you know you want to have an uncomfortable conversation with someone. And during that conversation, you're going to feel some discomfort most likely. And so ahead of time, you start to worry about it and dread it and bring all that emotional discomfort early. Okay, it could be about cleaning your house even, right? Like, I know it's not going to be fun to clean up this mess. So I'm just going to start cringing early as I'm cooking and as I'm eating dinner. I'm just going to suffer that whole time in advance leading up to the actual cleaning I'm going to be doing. So it could be big things and small things. But today we're specifically going to talk about it in the context of staffing. Okay, so... You could be doing this over the long term when you think of staffing. So for me, as I was doing this pre-pain cringe, it was kind of a more long-term perspective. Like, I don't know what's going to be coming down the road. I don't know how exhausted I'm going to be, how stressed out I'm going to be, what things I'm going to experience. And it was kind of this general like staffing shortage worry and not being able to handle it over this extended period of time, right? So sometimes we do it over the long term. Other times we do it more short term. So let's say you're showing up for your shift and someone tells you, 
According to our matrix, we should have eight nurses tonight for how many patients we have, but we've actually got four. So then we start to cringe, right? We start to worry because we're not actually into our shift where we're experiencing chaos or not being able to care for our patients the way we want to. It's still pre-pain, right? Because that discomfort hasn't really actually happened yet. The moment that we're dreading is in the future still, even though it's not as far in the future as that long-term perspective. We're still worrying about something that actually isn't happening quite yet. So the tool I've got for you today is awesome because it's going to work for both of those scenarios, whether you're dreading something really long-term or it's more of a short-term isolated discomfort. But before we get into this tool, I want to talk to you guys about why we do the pre-pain cringe, okay? So I think that it's our brain playing a little trick on us. Our brain thinks that feeling this discomfort ahead of time is useful, that somehow it's actually preventative. Now, We kind of buy into this because sometimes we feel a lot of worry and panic for something ahead of time, and then we start taking preparations, and we're able to minimize some of the discomfort later. So we're like, oh, see, I prevented it because I was worrying and panicking. But that's not actually how it works. Like, yes, your actions of preparing and planning may have prevented some of that hardship, But it wasn't the worry and the panic that did that for you. It was your actions, right? And you could have taken those same actions from peace and confidence and creativity and empowerment. Like you could have used any number of emotions to fuel those actions. So our brain kind of falls for it. We think that worrying and panicking and cringing ahead of time is preventative. But that's really not true. We're talking about emotional discomfort, but if we go back to physical discomfort, like my daughter with the hairbrush, her cringing early didn't prevent any of the pain from when the brush went through her hair. Or if you think about someone throwing a ball at you, like I want you to imagine for a second that you're sitting on a folding chair in the middle of an elementary school gym and there's a whole bunch of people around you that have those foam ball things, like the ones you would use for dodgeball in PE. So imagine a bunch of people have those balls and they're standing around you sitting in this chair and they're pelting them at you. So if in that moment people are actually throwing balls at you, then maybe flinching and deflecting some of those blows is going to prevent you from getting hurt. But when we do the pre-pain cringe, What's actually happening is it's like we're sitting there in that chair and there's no one there throwing balls at us, but we're still flinching and flailing all over the place. And I beg you, please get that image in your mind because it's kind of hilarious, right? Like it doesn't make any sense that we do that. We're not preventing any pain and there's actually no immediate threat. And not only are we not preventing discomfort, We're actually creating a double dose of it. When we suffer ahead of time, then maybe sometimes 
the thing we're dreading actually doesn't happen, right? Like my husband, when he told me about the surge mode and everything at our hospital, he went to his next shift. And when he came back, I was like, oh, how was it? Like, were things crazy? And he was like, no, I had four patients, which is the usual number, right? Like nothing had changed. So sometimes we have this dread that things are going to go so horribly and then they don't, then everything works out totally fine, right? But we suffered ahead of time. So instead of just having no discomfort, we actually still got that dose of discomfort because we suffered early. But other times, things do still happen. Those things that maybe we would be cringing and concerned about might still happen. Like maybe he would have gone to work and it would have been a rough shift. But him suffering early wouldn't have prevented any of that. And it would have actually created a double dose because he would have suffered before his shift. And then he would have gone to the shift and had those experiences where he might have felt some discomfort. So when we really take a step back from it, we can see it doesn't make any sense. Our brain thinks it's really useful, but really we're not preventing anything and we're creating even more discomfort. So let's stop doing that. (laughs) Let's stop hurting ourselves. It's like if you knew you're going to stub your toe, you don't need to go and bang on your toe with a hammer early. So that's what I want to help you do with this tool, which we're going to get into now. I know I've been dangling it in front of you this entire episode. I didn't do that intentionally. I just wanted to explain those things before we get into it. But this tool called Zoom In, Zoom Out is what helped me feel more grounded in my current situation and I know has also been helpful to my Bold Nurse Society members. So I hope that this tool will be helpful for you as well. So for this tool, zoom in, zoom out, I want you to imagine you're looking at your life through a camera lens. And not an iPhone, not your phone camera. I want you to mentally get out one of your old school cameras, your digital camera or your nice photography camera, and you're actually looking at it through the lens. And maybe you can turn that lens to zoom in or zoom out. So when we're zoomed out looking through a camera, maybe you're taking pictures of the entire horizon. You're doing some landscape photography. So you wanna be zoomed way out so you can see how gorgeous the beach is or the mountains where you're hiking, right? You're zoomed way out as you look through that lens. But other times we zoom our lens in. Like we've all seen those pretty pictures of people zoomed way in on flowers and you can see all the details of the petals and the dew drops. So I want you to imagine you're looking at your life through a camera lens and how far you're zoomed in or zoomed out represents how much time you're looking at in your life and thinking into the future. So if your lens is zoomed way out, then you might be thinking 10 years into the future. You're thinking about your 10-year plan. You're like, where am I going to live in 10 years? What job might I have? How many kids might I have in 10 years? And thinking about what your life might look like way into the future. But you could zoom your lens in a little bit. Maybe you go to five years and think about those same things or what your life would look like five years into the future. And we can keep turning the lens and zooming it in even closer. So maybe you just look at one year or a couple months or next week. And the more we zoom in that lens, the smaller time frame we're looking at. Now, 
if we're doing the pre-pain cringe, it's because our lens is zoomed out too far. All of those things that we're feeling worried about, that we're feeling anxious about, that we're flinching over, they're not actually happening yet. There are things that might happen down the road. And so if your brain is starting to freak out and worry and you're doing that pre-pain cringe, then you need to zoom in your lens. And that's what helped me as I caught myself starting to spin out about being in surge mode. So I realized my lens is zoomed out too far. I'm worrying about all these things that haven't happened yet that I have no information about because they don't exist and it's driving my brain crazy. But if I zoom in my lens and look at today or even look at right now, like sometimes you might need to zoom in your lens all the way to the present moment. And when we do that, we realize everything is safe right now. Everything is fine. And when I say everything's fine, I mean like right now you are not in immediate danger, right? Like when I zoomed in my lens and I was looking at what is happening right now in this moment, I realized I'm actually in a pretty awesome situation right now. I was up visiting my parents in the Portland area, spending time with them, having my kids hang out with their grandparents and just enjoying being together. I had some time off work. There was really no immediate danger that I needed to be protecting myself from. No one was throwing dodgeballs at me. And so when I realized that, I was like, okay, right now everything's good. And if down the road things get harder, I will work through that then. So what I want to encourage you guys to do is to stay focused in the present, to feel the present emotions. Feel the emotions over what's happening right now in your current situation. Don't feel the emotions that you predict you'll experience in the future. There's no need to feel those right now. Feel them then. If something happens later that you need to feel overwhelmed and stressed out and grieve, then go ahead and feel those emotions when that thing actually happens but you don't need to feel it right now. So again, this works for the short term too. When you show up to your shift and they say, okay, this is what our staffing's like right now, and you start to feel that pre-pain cringe, zoom it into the present moment. So instead of thinking about the next 12 hours and letting your brain run wild worrying about all of that, Zoom it in to the present moment. What's happening right now? Okay, I'm standing here in the hallway getting a report, just writing notes on a piece of paper. That's fine, right? Like, it's all good. Who knows what's going to happen later in the shift? I can't know that right now. I'm not going to feel those emotions right now. I'm just going to feel the emotions for what's going on in my current situation. And when we do that, we can cut that emotional discomfort in half. Or get rid of it altogether, right? Because maybe the shift is going to go totally fine. We don't know yet. But we can definitely clean up that early suffering we create for ourselves. And you want to know the truth, you guys? We create all of the suffering for ourselves. There's no such thing as cringy staffing. I just liked that title. (laughs) 
But staffing just is what it is. It's people on a unit. But the reason we cringe is because of spinning out in those thoughts in our brain. All those questions, those things that I was thinking when I heard about the surge. What's going to happen? All these concerns I had, the images of the chaos in my mind. That's what created the cringe. It wasn't the staffing itself because that didn't even exist yet. And even when we go to our shifts and we're told this is the staffing for tonight, that doesn't make us feel how we do either. It's all the thoughts we have about it. So I want to help you guys. We talked about the pre-shift or the pre-pain experience and how to clean some of that up. Now I want to help you when you're actually in the moment where something might be happening that you're feeling some emotional discomfort and stress and overwhelm about, how can we work through those situations with a clear head? So now I want to offer you some mindset shifts that have been really helpful to me and I think will help you tap into some more empowering emotions to fuel you through those shifts. So I just mentioned how our thoughts are what create the cringe, right? So I want to talk to you guys and point out one of those thoughts that I think makes many of us cringe. So pay attention here. When you think to yourself, we are short-staffed, how do you feel? Do you cringe when you think that thought? When you show up to work and you think, we're so short-staffed today. That's kind of a panicky, cringy thought. So what I want to offer to you guys is that we don't have to think that thought anymore. You can just decide to stop thinking that thought. It's optional. Sometimes I like to ask myself, who would I be without that thought? Like any thought in my life that I know isn't serving me, I'm like, who would I be without that? Like, who would I be without the thought that exercising is hard? I'd probably be someone that exercises a lot more. And if I exercise a lot more, I bet exercising wouldn't be as hard. So who would you be without the thought, we're short-staffed? If you got rid of that thought and you got rid of the panic it creates in you, how would you show up during your shifts? Or another way I like to think about it is if I erased that thought from my mind, what new thought would fill its space? Because we can't just delete all of our thoughts, right? We're not going to run around with empty heads. We're going to be thinking about other things instead. So if the sentence, we're short-staffed, wasn't going through my brain, what would I be thinking about instead during my shift? I'd probably be thinking about how to care for my patients, about the medications that they need, about what is going on with my teammates and how I can help them. And when we do that, we're able to function better during our shifts. Isn't that funny? It feels so important to be thinking we're short-staffed, but when we think it, we're distracting ourselves. So we're actually making ourselves more short-staffed in a way because the staff that are actually there are distracted. They're not operating at full capacity. So if we got rid of that thought, we're not going to be as short-staffed anymore because the staff is present. The staff is there working with their patients and helping each other. So that thought, we're short-staffed, 
no matter how true it feels to you, how justified it feels, if it's not serving you and helping you during your shift, you can decide to just stop thinking it and choose to think about something else instead. So who would you be without that thought? What would be going through your mind? Another question I love to ask myself is, who would I be if I knew I was going to get everything done? I remember a while ago, one time at home, I was writing out a to-do list. I don't remember what it was for, but I love making to-do lists and check boxes. But this time, as I was writing out that to-do list, I started to feel overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get all of this done. But I had this thought, who would I be if I knew I was going to? If I knew everything was going to work out, that I would get the things done when they needed to be, who would I be? And as I started to think how I would feel, like after I had completed everything on that list, I was able to actually feel the emotions I would experience if I was in that position. So I started to feel that excitement and confidence and feel proud of myself. And that's what we can do during our shifts too. Who would you be if you knew that at the end of the shift, you were going to be proud of what you just accomplished, that you were going to get the important things done. We don't get everything done during our shifts because it's 24-hour care. So we're always passing things off. But if you knew you were going to get those top priority things done, everything was going to go just fine, how would you feel? If you can tap into those emotions at the beginning of your shift and don't wait till the end, you're going to have a much smoother shift. You're going to be so much more likely to create that outcome for yourself. And you're going to feel those emotions all along the way, which are way more enjoyable than feeling that stress and overwhelm and feeling like a total failure. So don't wait and see if you accomplish it to tap into those emotions. But if you can just say, who would I be and how would I feel if I knew it was all going to work out, it was all going to get done, what emotions would I be feeling then? And can I create those emotions now to fuel me through this shift? So that's a question I find really helpful to ask myself to tap into those emotions. But I also want you to know that it's okay that it's hard. So as you're going through those experiences, through your shift or whatever's going on in your life where you're applying these tools, it's okay for it to be hard. But I just like to remember it's all rigged in my favor and it all works out in the end. If it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end yet. I think of our lives like a movie, like we're watching it and it's messy And sometimes things happen that are really hard. And we feel for those characters. Sometimes you're watching a movie and you're just like, oh, this must be so hard. This is so terrible. But if you've seen that movie before and you've seen the end and you know it all works out, then the next time you watch the movie, you're not so upset. You're not so emotionally distraught, right? And maybe sometimes you're watching it with someone who's never seen that movie before. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. This is terrible. But you know it's all going to be okay. It all works out in the end. So this part that's hard, it's not something going wrong. It's all okay. 
So that's what I like to believe about my life and about my shifts. This is the hard part. This is that part of the movie where things are messy and chaotic and hard. And that's okay because it all works out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out yet, then I'm still in that part of the movie. I just got to keep going. And it's going to get to that part where finally it all makes sense and it all comes together. And I can see how it's rigged in my favor. So as you go to your shifts and as you think about your shifts, I want to encourage you to zoom in your lens. If you're starting to cringe ahead of time, don't punish yourself for no reason. Don't add that extra punishment. Just zoom in your lens, come back to the present moment, and then try on some of these mindset shifts. Who would you be without the thought we're short-staffed? Who would you be if you knew you would get everything done during your shift? And what if this is just that part of the movie where things are hard, but everything works out in the end? I believe that's true. And while certainly we can work towards other solutions for staffing or for other challenges we face, I think the best way to come up with those solutions is from a clear mind, from confidence and empowerment, not from fear and panic and resentment and bitterness. So we can tap into those solutions, but it starts with tapping into the power within yourself. And that is what I'm here for. If you don't recognize the power that you have, if you're not feeling very powerful right now, I want to help you see that power and own that power and create change in your life. And as you create those changes for yourself, that's when we're going to be able to create changes in the world. So you're not doing this alone. We're all in this together and I am here to help you. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. I love to talk to you guys on Instagram, through email, whichever way you want to connect. But please know I'm always here for you. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Take care.